Bring it. All right, y'all, let's all stand. We're going to praise together. Yeah. Hmm. Praising, that's right. All right, we're going to sing We Praise You. that conquers all anxiety let it rise let praise arise those lyrics are coming we sing your name in the dark and it changes everything where's your voices sing with all we are and we claim your victory let it rise let praise Break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall We cannot survive when we praise you The God of breakthroughs on our side Forever lifted high With all creation cry God we praise you Oh, we praise you A song that overcomes the raging sea. Let faith be the song that calms the storm inside of me. Let it rise. Let faith arise. Let it rise. We'll see break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. This fear cannot survive when we praise. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lifted high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like we praise you we praise you this is what living looks like this is what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like we praise you we praise you this is what living looks like this is what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like we praise you We'll see break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall If we cannot survive when we praise you The God of breakthroughs on our side Forever lifted high With all creation cry, God, we praise you We'll see break down every wall We'll watch 
breakthroughs on our side, forever lifted high. With all creation cry, God, we praise you. Oh, 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 
mighty rushing wind. Whoa, we're calling for revival. We all have power within. Whoa, and hear the sound from heaven. Whoa, a mighty rushing wind. Whoa, we're calling for revival. We all have power within, and it's burning in my soul. Whoa, it's burning in my soul. We're praying here as one. We're praying here as one. Praying here as one. Thanks, guys. You all want to have a seat? You going to grab those for me? Awesome. Thank you, honey. Okay, so. Is that good? Okay. Psalm 23, one of the most well-known psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yeah, I think, I think everybody knows it. They just didn't want to shout out in church. <laughs> um, I want to read the psalm because we're going to sing this song here. It's called Psalm 23, and I love when music um, is put to verses, right? Um, because you can't dispute it as being biblically accurate. And this song, um, actually Glenn found this song this week, and um, it just touched both of our hearts so deeply, and we're confident that it's going to speak to, to each of you in a particular way um, because the Lord is your shepherd just as much as he is mine. So I'm going to start by um, just reading this, and then we're going to sing the song for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You and I will dwell with the Lord forever. It's a beautiful thing. All right, please enjoy this song. 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In green pastures he makes me lie down. He restores my soul and leads me on false name for his great Surely goodness, surely mercy, right beside me all my days, and I will dwell in your house forever, and bless your Prepare a table right beside me In the presence of my enemies Though the arrow flies And the terror of night is at my door I'll trust you, Lord and surely goodness, surely mercy, right beside me all my days, and I will dwell in your house forever, and bless your
Thank you. Please help me welcome Pastor Garrett Bova. Come on. Thank you, man. Good morning, everybody. How you guys doing? Life is good. Love living. I love it. I love it. So my, uh, I had a buddy, and he invited me to his country club on Friday, and uh, we're swimming in the pool, and there's kids in the pool, and, uh, and this kid had a football, so I started playing catch with him, and this kid's got a necklace on. It was a cross, and I was like, hey, man, really cool cross you got on. He's like, hey, thanks. I'm like, so you love Jesus? He says, yeah. And I said, man, so do I. And he's like, yeah, uh, who doesn't? <laughs> and I was like, man, I was like, yes. Yeah, very good, my guy. Sweet kid, man. I thought I'd share that because I got the biggest kick out of that. He's like, yeah, who doesn't love Jesus? Man. Oh, man. Hey, so... Uh, before we begin, I just want to pray with you guys. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just love you. We thank you, Father, for the ways that you can minister to us and the ways you do minister to us, God, just through music. We thank you for that, Father, and I thank you for words to speak, Father, that uh, the words spoken, Father, are clear, that uh, we each receive the words that you have for us, that we can be taught by the Holy Spirit that you have given each of us, and that we would use that as our filter to hear what you are speaking to us uh, individually this morning. So I just praise you for that, God. And uh, we just love you so much, and it's through Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. So, hey, so this morning I want to talk with you about uh, this V word. It's, uh, it's the word vision. Uh, this word, I don't know about you guys, but if I were to say, like, what's, what's God's vision for your life? Or what's, what's, what's your vision for life? What's your vision for life? Does that overwhelm anybody else? Like, that has always overwhelmed me when someone asked me, what's, what's, what's your vision, you know? What's, what's your vision for the church? Since, since you're, you're the lead pastor, what's the vision for the church? And I just feel like, ooh, like, you know, the reason why I feel that way, and I've been trying to figure out why I feel that way, why I feel like this word and that question is such like a weighty word or a weighty question, and I think for me is because I want to do things the right way. Like, I don't want to go in, like, the wrong direction, you know? So for me, when I make up my mind to go somewhere, like, I want to make sure I'm going somewhere right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so if if I were to say something to you, like, this is my vision, this is where we're going, like, I don't want to, you know, one day get there and be like, oh, yeah, well, wrong destination. (laughs) We should have been over there. Like, I don't want that, you know? Um, you ever have the days that, you know, you wake up and you don't really know what you're going to do that day. It's like, it's like an open day on your calendar and there's nothing really going on, but there's a million things you could do. You just haven't really mapped it out. And, and for me, like those days are some of the most frustrating days. I find the most, um, unrest on those days because I'm like, should I relax right now? Should I take advantage of this time that I have to just relax? Or should I, you know, go hard in, into this area? Should I labor into, into this and, and, and really try to be super productive? Should I do work outside? Should I do this? Should I call here? Should I go there? Does anyone ever feel like sometimes those are the days when things aren't mapped out for you? You're just like, kind of frustrated? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, you're good on those days. Yeah, man, God bless you. See, but that's cool, though, because perhaps you've marked it out in your mind that, hey, look, my destination is chilling today. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you've already established that in your mind that that's what you're going to do. And, and those are days, you know, th- those are needed, right? And, and that's part of vision, though. You had vision for that day. My vision for the day is just going to, I'm just going to be chilling, okay? And then that's what you're going to do that day. You see, when you have vision, you have a destination, okay? When you have vision, it, it, it maps out the roads that you don't need to take and the roads that you do need to take. If the vision for that day and the destination is chilling, you're not going to find me working hard, checking emails. If, if, you know, that, that's just not the road to take because then, you know, then it's going to work mode, you know? Um, but vision, it, it, it outlines our disciplines too, okay? And, you know, although that word is, is pretty weighty, um, God wants us to have vision. He wants us to have a destination. He wants us to have uh, a vision that inspires our actions. He wants us to have vision that inspires discipline. And so what he says in Proverbs uh, 29, 18, he says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, one translation says that uh, the people run wild. Where there is no vision, uh, people let loose. It's like, if you don't have a destination, it's like, you could do, like I said, on that day where I wake up and, and there's a thousand, millions of things that I feel like I could do that day. And in my head, I'm like, should I do this? And I'm just kind of going in circles. And I don't really have, you know, rest. I don't have a purpose or significance for that day, I feel. And, and in life, God has given us a vision, okay? You know, we don't want to live our lives kind of chasing our tails, trying to figure out, if, am I doing the right thing right now? Am, am I properly using this time wisely? Am I laboring in the right direction? I mean, you know, when we have vision, when we have a destination of where to go, again, we know what roads will not take us there. When we go to visit family in Indiana, it's southeast of us. I'm not getting on roads that take me northwest. You know, it's, it's very obvious. You know what I'm saying? So, Again, having vision for your life dictates where you're going to go and, and where you're not going to go, okay? Having vision for our lives, again, helps establish the type of disciplines that we enter into, okay? Paul writes this uh, to Timothy, and he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, and four, he says, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Uh, I want to read that, the, that last verse, verse four in the Passion Translation. It says, for every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world, so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. I like that. Yeah. He, he must divorce, or she must divorce him or herself from the distractions of the world, so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. See, vision is that source of discipline. Vision gives us a focus for our life, 
Like that verse, no, no, no good soldier, no good soldier right now in Afghanistan's trying to like open up a business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he's not, he's not in, in, in investing and in, in trying to start up like a pop-up saying he's not, he's not selling lemonade, trying to make a few dollars. Like he's, he's got a mission right now. He's there with a purpose right now. You know, he's not worried about those things. But like I said, vision gives us that, that source of discipline so we, we know what we should be doing, okay? And, and when we know what we should be doing, when we have vision, it really, it, it, it's, it's a narrow road, right? When I know which way I'm going, I know which roads will not take me to where I want to be, okay? And Matthew, Jesus says this. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard, that leads to life. And those who find it are few. A narrow road is the discipline road. Again, options are limited. Like, with my health, I endeavor to live a healthy lifestyle. That's the destination I want. I want to look, feel, and operate in a healthy way, physically, okay? Some of you don't know this. I grew up super heavy as a kid, so heavy that they wouldn't even let me play football with the same kids my age. (laughs) I had to play football with kids that were two and three years older than me because I was so heavy, Praise God that helped me get a Division I scholarship, but still, it was tough growing up as a very heavy boy. And so throughout all of my life, even through college, I was heavy. It was eat, 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 eat. No true discipline around it. Got to the point after college, I said, I'm done feeling like this. I want to feel healthy. That's my destination. I want to feel healthy. So what I had to do was I had to cut off some of the roads that would not get me to that healthy lifestyle, fast food being one of them. I haven't had fast food in 13, 14 years. Now, hands on, the verdict is absolutely out between my family and I as to what is classified as fast food. Uh, So (laughs) Pertillo's, not fast food. Okay. Taco Bell, fast food. Absolutely. Chick-fil-A, not fast food. (laughs) Christian-owned company, absolutely not fast food. The glory of God's found there. McDonald's, fast food. Haven't had it in 14 years. Um, But you see, my options options are limited, you know. Um, It'd be easy to just say, and drive down the road and say, I can choose that, I can choose that. But it doesn't align with where I want to be, okay? It doesn't align with where I'm going. So I have to say no to that. So again, my vision for a healthy lifestyle says no to those things, okay? Same thing with, with, with I've shared with you before, my, my you know, desire and addiction for alcohol, for a number of years. I like the way beer tastes. I like the way alcohol tastes. And, and, and in some ways, I like the way that alcohol makes me feel to a certain extent. But I understand 
that with my vision of who I want to be for you, and especially my loved ones, one who is filled with the Holy Spirit, one who is sober-minded, one who is ready and aware to receive revelation from God at any point in time, to be able to fill and to love those around me, having been filled with alcohol does not align with my vision of who I want to be. So I stopped that. Getting back to working out, it's not fun to wake up every morning and do some sort of exercise. But I understand that that is a road that leads to where I want to go. Same thing with reading scripture every morning. Same thing with praying every morning. There are mornings I just don't feel like it. Maybe you guys do. I, I just, there's some mornings where there's just, it just, I just don't feel like doing it. But I understand that that is a road that is going to take me to where I want to be, which is one who continuously grows in the presence of God, one who grows as he follows the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, what happens is, what we have to establish is, we, we want to be able to give up what we want so that we can obtain what we want most. In other words, we want to pass up what we want so that we can receive what we want most. It, off days are great for me. I, I, I love off days. I love sweets. You know, like I said, I like the taste of alcohol, but it doesn't align with who I want to be and where I'm going, my destination. You look at Jesus, he was so, so, so disciplined in everything he did. In, uh, in Matthew, I want to look at this, 16 with you. Matthew 16, verse 23. Let me pull that up. 21. I have 23, but you have 21 through 23, and that's what I want to read. All right. So, um... From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. So he's telling his guys, this is, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have to suffer. Okay? And he's explaining to them, and, and suffer many things, and from the elders and chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Jesus is explaining what he's about to go through. And his guy Peter, like a good friend, like a good follower, stands up and is like, No, Jesus, far be it from me. You know, that's not going to happen to you. Is that going to happen to you? But Jesus had the vision. Jesus had the vision. He knew his destination. His destination was not just the cross at Calvary where he's going to suffer many things. That was not the final destination. The final destination was being raised three days later and being seated at the right hand of his father and having rule and dominion from his Father throughout all, of eternity, throughout all of eternity. And through that sacrifice, through a raising of the grave, 
that because of that, being born of the Spirit, being the firstborn from the dead, that Scripture says, that Jesus would then bring forth many brothers and sisters unto the Father through that sacrifice. And so that many people would be brought back to God. That the relationship between God and man would be restored because of this one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus knew that was God's vision. He knew that was the destination. And he knew that the cross was just just one other stop. Just one other crossroad to where he needed to be for the greater good. Jesus had vision And that vision brought him that life of significance, that life of purpose. It allowed him to stay on course when things got really rough and shaky in the physical realm. The nerves, could you imagine the nerves leading up to the cross? But Jesus kept vision. He kept vision. He kept vision. He kept the vision that the Father had given him. And you know what's interesting? The vision that the Father has given Jesus was found not only, I mean, he found in Scripture. Jesus read the purposes of the Messiah in Scripture and what the prophets had wrote. And then also through the fellowship with the Father, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus was able to receive revelation from the Father as to what that vision looked like. So he got it twofold. He got it by way of the Holy Spirit that he had and that fellowship that he had with the Father. And then he also had it in Scripture so that when he was a young boy, he was in the temple studying Scripture. And he was growing in his understanding. Jesus had the vision. He had the vision where he said, Peter, you know, no, you're a hindrance to me. You're a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a road that I can't go to. I can't let my mind go down that road. It said he looked at the other guys. I don't know if it was this verse or, or another version, uh, another gospel, but it said, he, looking at the other guys, then he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. It's like Jesus had that moment. It's like he's processing. Then he turned, no, it's probably another another gospel. Point is, he had a moment where he had to think about it. Because we all have moments where, you know, something, uh, an easy road is thrown at you. Something to, to knock you off, perhaps the vision or the direction that you want to go or that you know you're going. Again, maybe a way that might seem easy. Getting away in life without the cross, that would have been easy for Jesus. Would it have obtained what we needed? Nope. Could have been an easy road for Jesus, but for him, that road was narrow. It was, it was the cross. Like he prayed to the Father, he said, if there's any other way, let this, let this cut pass. But it's not, not my will, but your will. That's a pretty narrow road. It was like, no, nah, it's the cross, Jesus. That's what, you're gonna ha- that's what we're going to have to do. And he did it. But he did it because he saw the significance, the vision the Father had given him. He kept focused on it. And so, not to overwhelm you with the question, what's the vision for your life? This is not a time where we're going to come here on on Sunday and and you're going to leave and be like, Dude, now I have to figure out a vision for my life. Yo, thanks, Garrett. Like, thanks for telling me it's so important, so weighty. You tell me about the significance of having vision in my life and, and needing a destination so that I can say no to other roads and go down one road. And like, wow, I got to go find another church that can like tell me how to get there. <laughs> uh, that's not what this is. 
I'm telling you right now, I've, I've got the answer, which is so good, and I just want you to take hold of it, okay? I got the answer. I got the answer right here. It's found in my favorite, absolute favorite verse in Scripture. It has marked out the course and the direction of my life. It has given me a destination. It has given me significance. It has given me purpose. It's showing me which roads to take, which roads not to take. And this is a blanket vision for every single one of you, okay? It's Romans 8, 29. Own this. For those whom he foreknew, God, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he, Jesus, would be the firstborn among many brethren. I'm going to break this down with us. For those whom he foreknew, he knew about you. He knew about you before you were knitted in your mother's womb. He knew about you before the beginning of time. He knew of you. And he predestined you. In other words, he marked you out for future privileges. He knew beforehand, he ordained that your life would be conformed to the image of his son. So that Jesus Christ would be the firstborn of many brethren. That's what we were saying just a moment ago when I spoke. I said that Jesus was raised from the grave so that others then could be born again. And that's what you are. You are born again. If you've confessed that Jesus Christ is your Lord, you are born again. The old has passed away, the new has come. And now your life right now, the destination of your life is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's the destination. That's the significance and the purpose of our lives, that we would look like Jesus Christ here on earth. That's that. And the details of how that plays out in your life is gonna look so different than how the details of my life uh, play out. And to be honest, I, I still don't, other than that, other than that vision right there, I still don't know what I'm doing in life. I'm serious. I, God will reveal certain things to me as like after I do them. Like he's like, oh yeah, so that's actually part of where I'm calling you and, and, and how I'm allowing things to play out in your life and what I desire and what I will in your life. But I, it's sometimes I only see that like after the fact. My point is like, God bless you guys. If you, if you know exactly like what God has called you to do and you know, and, that's awesome. I'm still on a journey, and I think maybe a, a lot of us are. Um, so I'm speaking to this. I'm speaking to the fact that we have a destination. It's to look like Jesus Christ, and the details of it are going to look very different than, than, than the next. And that does not mean that you have to be Jesus right now. You have to be perfect. Some of us read that, and they, we say, man, well, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like I'm being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, just because you don't feel a certain way, that doesn't give you the right to change the vision that God has for your life. See, every day is an opportunity for us to grow and to mature in greater measure, one, just maybe one small degree to that right there, to that image of Jesus Christ, so that you look like love, so that you are an agent of hope. You are one who brings truth to the world. You are salt to this world. You are light to this world. Your conversation's a little different. 
Your intimacy with God, like Jesus was, is, is going to be just different than the world. You have a relation, we have a relationship with the Creator. And that is found in Jesus Christ. That's found in our life in Him. The vision that God has given us. There's nothing worse than, 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 than going through life still trying to figure yourself out. See, I'm convinced that as we continue to grow into the image of Jesus Christ, God shows us then who we are. Like he's like, hey, let that be your destination and I'm gonna show you which roads to take along the way. And then you're gonna look and say, wow, that was, my life was totally different than their life, but boy, we ended up at the same place. I look, I look like a vessel of hope. I look like a vessel of love. And the beautiful thing is that like, even if you, again, take a, a wrong turn or feel like you're not growing, dude, start today. Just say, God, let's just get back on track. Let's get back on track on, on, on growing and maturing in Christ. I'm not perfect by any means, but I want to keep growing. I want to keep pursuing the image of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, that's the roadmap. That's his life. And like he said, that road is narrow. You know, that road is narrow. So when we're hit with a feeling of uh, um, uh, wanting to retaliate against somebody, that's a road we could take. Does that align with your destination of being conformed to the image of Jesus? No. We could, we could rant on social media about how things are wrong right now on, in this country or, or, or something's wrong over there. That's a road we could take. Does that align with our destination and growing in the image of Jesus? No. You could sit home and, and not be a part of any community of believers and have your personal relationship with God. But does that align with the image of Jesus Christ? You could think about all the ways that you want others to serve you and what people should be doing for you. But does that align with the image of Jesus Christ? No. It just doesn't. Although it's, it feels comfortable at times and it's, a, it's an easier road to be like, how can, why aren't they doing this for me right now? Why aren't they serving me? That just doesn't align with the mindset of Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't look like his, his image. We want to just keep growing. <laughs> we don't want to confess that Jesus is our Lord as if it's some sort of like insurance policy. Like, like we got eternal life now. Well, now I'm good. But no, like let's grow and live in that image, right? Let's, let's live as we host the presence of God, as we're abiding with the Lord Jesus Christ himself, as we're one with him in spirit, listening to the Father, communing with him throughout the day by way of the Holy Spirit, as we cut hair, as we train and teach and coach kids, as we do whatever we do in life, let's do it looking more like him. And if you don't feel like that, that you're measuring up right now to that image, you got to say to that thought, get behind me, Satan, because that's, 
just because of that, fe- that feeling, I'm not going to allow that feeling override the vision that God has for me. See, vision, having vision allows us to see things the way that they could be or will be. Vision allows us to see things the way that they could be or will be. So even if you don't feel like Jesus, you don't feel being loving right now, man, we got to enter into that discipline of saying, no, you know what, as much as as I don't want to do this for you, like, man, you know what, it's what Jesus would do, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep making the right choice. I'm going to keep going down the right path until my heart aligns with it. With it. Even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to do it. Even though I don't feel like working out, even though I don't feel like eating that type of food, it's good for me. I'm going to do it. It aligns with my destination. I'm going to speak to this destination real quick. We'll close with this. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. Uh, and Paul is writing, he says, no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the, sub- as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but, what is uns- but, but the unseen realm is eternal. Having vision, it allows us to stay encouraged. It doesn't allow us to get discouraged. When, you know, when we know where we're going, the difficulties that we face in this life, the, the struggles that we go through, the things we feel, the feelings we have, we know that those things are just, what they're doing is they're preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. And so as, as we as a, as a church family here, as God has spoken to us beginning of this year, he said, this is going to be the year that I want the theme to be by faith, that we are each living by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So we walk by faith, not by sight. Sight, in this instance, is the, the things that we see, touch, and feel. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't just walk by what seems right. I got to go with what you said, God. And if with what you said, God, and vision over my life is to be looking like Jesus Christ, then that's, that's who I am. That's how I see myself. When I wake up in the morning, I have to, I have to say, that's, that's where I'm going. I'm growing in that, even when we don't feel like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow into that. And that's how you see me, God. That's amazing. That's the type of hope. That's the type of just gem that he sees that you have, that you have the potential to be such a difference maker, such as the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have the ability to bring forth such influence to those around you 
for eternal purposes, such as Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying we are Jesus Christ, but we have been given his spirit, and by God's design and by God's vision, we are to grow up into the image of our Lord. You have the ability to encourage someone today. You have the ability to comfort someone today, even though it may not feel comfortable in the moment. You have the ability to put God on the scene when someone comes to you and says a problem that they have or a frustration that they have. You can say, let's pray on that. I want to pray on that right now. I want to speak a blessing over your life right now. Can we just lift this up to God together right now? You're the agent of that. Who else but you? We got a destination. It's Jesus. We got a destination. It's, it's looking like our Lord. What a privilege we have. What a privilege. I think in Corinthians, don't quote me here on, on this, but I think in it was in Corinthians, but it said, if the devil would have known what would have come after crucifying Jesus, he never would have crucified Jesus. If he would have known that there would have been others that carry the same spirit, the life-giving spirit that Jesus Christ came with, if he knew that there was others that could grow into his image, if he would have known that that was God's vision, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say, I'm mic'd up. Um, yeah, God is so good. Such vision over your life. So you don't have to be overwhelmed. Like I said, you don't have to go find the vision for your life. God, let God reveal that to you. I'm telling you, take hold of what he's spoken over you. That's by faith. By faith is hearing and acknowledging and believing and then taking action. Amen. All right. Father, thank you so much for this time. God, you're so good. We love you. We thank you for your word, Father, and how you do make life so wonderful, Father. You make life pretty simple when we just turn to you, Father, just like children, uh, that we can come to trust you, to grow and to know you all the more. So thank you, Father, for your spirit that leads us into truth, that leads us into just your perfect will that you would get all honor and glory, Father, in our lives through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.